0: Hallelujah. How's everybody doing tonight? Come on, let's have the newlyweds stand. Praise the Lord. Doug and Lisa. That's awesome. And you're in your house? You got, you got, you got furniture yet? Praise the... A little bit. I, amen. I heard there was more coming. Praise God. Well, congratulations. We're, we're excited for you. Yeah, that's awesome. God is good. Yeah. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Yeah. Amen. Praise God! All right, well, yeah, it was uh, a wonderful time. We had, I think, seventeen at, uh, from Global River Church that were up at Voice of the Prophets in Pennsylvania. It was just an amazing time, and um, many of the staff also got to go to the network advance, and 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 uh, you'll be seeing some of the outflow of some of that that's happened. And so, I just really, it was a it was a really excellent time, and really good to be with. Uh, family from all, actually all over the place, and so many denominations there. I mean, gee whiz, um, just wonderful what God's doing. Um, well, tonight, I, I'm excited. I, let me ask the question. What would happen if the majority of a church was spirit-filled and spirit-led and sold out? Can you imagine that for a moment, all right? Come on. And so... Um, and that's his desire and that's his heart so we're we want to lay the foundation what a great song i didn't uh, I just asked Greg to kind of tease something up that that great foundation that setting the foundation of christ and so tonight um, let me ask just kind of how many have been Christians for more than twenty years all right more than twenty okay how about uh less than five years okay good okay we we Praise God. Um, Now, depending on where you've been as far as, uh, you know, Sunday school instruction and and foundational stuff, so in order to build upon being spirit-led, we're going to really build next three weeks, we're going to build up, and there'll be an impartation night the last night. And so, the Lord told me, just He said, make sure the last Wednesday night, this, I'm getting my hair standing up again, so, hey, Um, there's this place where... In a desire to be Spirit-filled and Spirit-led. It's one thing to be filled with the Spirit. It's another thing to be led by the Spirit and be obedient. You know, you can hear the Word of God and not obey it, right? I mean, we hear it all the time. but, it, but it's quite, So, there's this, um, something's been going on in me since the conference. Uh, we went to Baltimore with family after. It's just been, whew, he's been giving me uh, a real yearning and desire for the next couple of weeks. When you think about this season, when with the... What's coming into Palm Sunday, this Sunday, and then following resur- up with Resurrection Sunday, when you think about what's going on in the kingdom, there is this outpouring and a desire that's going to come. And so, I just, uh, I'm just real excited about the next few weeks. God is going to touch families that He hasn't touched in ways before. We're asking people, Lord, I'm asking you prophetically as people drive by, hit our website, uh, connect with people, outreach on the street, that there's just going to be this hunger to be in the place of God. And when they come hungry, searching, you are the one who provides everything they need. So, Lord, I thank you for divine appointments. I'm asking for these connections, these divine moments, God moments, tipping point moments that are going to reach people. I'm asking you to make your people eyes open for target-rich environment for the God opportunities. And I thank you, Lord, that we're just going to see and hear sovereignly what God is about to do, and and I'm excited about all you have planned for your church, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen? Um, All right, is is the lights up enough for y'all? You you, you good? Okay. Um, So the handout tonight, Equipping the Saints Series, we're on uh, Core Values of a Spirit-Led Church. Um, I want to set some foundation. I have done, you know, when I do prayer ministry and interface with folks, uh, sometimes you ask basic biblical questions, and and if you have not been to a a foundational teaching or Sunday school at any point, this may all be somewhat new. So I want to hit some foundational scriptures and direction and vision, because it's one thing to be connected to a family, but where's the family going? And then what's my part in the family? And then where do we see the, the building blocks upon it? So I want to set ground foundational stuff tonight. And then I want us to move into the next couple of weeks after that is what does it mean? How does it work? How does the Holy Spirit touch you in the process? Because how he speaks to me, I, I know when 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 you know when it starts going, I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit's saying I like that, but other people may get... You know, the, the chicken motions are like, oh, whoa oh God, what is that, right? And others, um, hey, however the Holy Spirit speaks to you is just fine. But paying attention to what that, some people are like, whoa, right? So learning to hear the voice and follow the Spirit for you personally is one of the desires that I hope at the end of this thing during impartation, it'll become more clear to each of us. So if you got your handout, um, I want to look at the core values of a spirit-led church. And if you turn to the first part, if how many have ever heard of the Apostles' Creed? Praise God. Okay. All right. In if you you can Google this, go online, Apostles' Creed, and, and depending on which denomination, but there are foundational belief systems that if you're there are cults that do not believe what is on this first page. They do not embrace what I'm about to read. But this, biblically, you know us, if you've been here for any length of time, and those that are watching by um, live stream, we welcome you to be part of this as well. Um, but what we believe has to be biblically founded, Amen. right? Second Timothy 3.16, the Lord tells us, that the Word of God is inspired and it was given so that we might be equipped and, not only that, but rebuked and trained, in all good things, and so, he told Joshua. He says, "Meditate on this day and night, and you will succeed." So, if it doesn't line up with Scripture, then we have to challenge it. I know there are things that are outside of Scripture, right? And that's okay. We know prophetically and the things of the Spirit. But if it's just contrary to Scripture, we got to question what it is, right? So, let's look at some. I'm going to hit these in the foundational. I'd like you to take it home and scripturally look at them, but. We believe there's one living God, eternally existent, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Take out your pen. I'll give you some quick references to that. We know in Genesis, right, it says, let us make man. Who's the us? (laughs) You know, let's start with that. And as the Spirit hovered over the waters, right, we know that in Luke chapter 3, where the, the, Jesus comes into his baptism into John. There's that, that argument with John says, I'm not worthy to do it. Jesus said, no, it needs to be done. What happens? As soon as Jesus is submitted to the water, the Father speaks audibly, this is my son. And just then, we see in the form of a dove the impartation of the Spirit. And in Luke 1, 4, 1 says, and now Jesus full of the Holy Ghost. So if there's any question about the Trinity of God, the three in one, hey, There it is in Scripture, and there are many other places. All right. We believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son. We believe Jesus is both God and man. So we know from John 1 that that Scripture, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we know that He was always God. He came. It's not some fictitious thing. Some of the cults call Him not God. He's just one of the sons. Just like, no, that's not correct. Does not line up biblically. He is the Son of God. And we know that that virgin birth prophesied by Isaiah, that a virgin would conceive, and then he says that sinless life, the miraculous that would come, and he is the substitutionally atoning one for our sin and our death, right? He took it for us. We believe in the Holy Spirit. He came forth from the Father and the Son. In fact, we know from John 14 and 15, that chapter Jesus said, if I go away, it's good that I go away, because when I go, the Father's going to send the Spirit, and He will lead you and guide you in all truth. He will be the comforter, the leader, the teacher, the one that's called alongside. He will empower you, right? And so how do you become a Spirit-led church if you don't believe there's a Holy Spirit who works in the miracle lives of us today, right? So we know that we believe in the Holy Spirit. He came forth from the Father, and He indwells every believer. He is our helper, guide, and teacher. We believe in the present-day ministry. This is a big separation. You cannot be a Spirit-led church and not believe this statement in the Apostles' Creed. And also it says, We believe in the present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit and the, exor- the exercising of all the biblical gifts. First Corinthians 12. Why are those gifts given? They're not so we can boast or look at us. No, he says, A gift is given to, to build up, this is 1 Corinthians 12, 7, to build up and edify the church. So that gift that's poured out on you if you're the evangelist like Doug is, or those who walk in and those helpers, or mom who sees people in the prophetic and tracks them down, even in the midst of conferences, and find, if that gift is being exercised, what's the purpose? The purpose is so that that person who is part of the body is built up and encouraged, right? So you cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. You can try to do it in the flesh, and some people are good at that, but hey, it is not going to last. So we believe in both the Old Testament, and New Testament, as the fully inspired and infallible rule of faith and we practice and they are interpreted according to context and purpose. There's that tension. We've shared this many times, the tension in scripture. So he's like, are these contrary? No, no, no. There's tension in scripture, right? We've we've shared that before. Once saved, always saved. No. Can you lose salvation? Yes, right? But we know what the Lord says. And so that conviction, but the scripture is not a failed. It is infallible. All right. We also believe that people are sinful by nature and choice. We know from Romans 3.9, all have sinned. Romans 3.9 and verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory. We believe that all people are sinful in that nature and they're condemned. And without Christ, you will face eternal punishment. There's only one way to the Father. That's very clear in Scripture, right? All right, so we know that also that we believe salvation is offered to all, But it's only found in the atoning death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and Him alone. We just sang that, right? He's our firm foundation. There's no other hope. It's Him alone. We believe in that by grace, right? Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, by grace you've been saved, not of works, lest you would boast about that. So, yes, you better have works. When you get in, what did James say? You better show me your works, don't tell me you have faith if you there's no works. When you get there, you better have a bag full of works that you've done. But it isn't anything you can boast about. You'll lay it down as crowns before him. But there, so there is a place of works, but it's not about us. It's the grace and grace in him alone. We believe in the church, both visible and is, invisible, worldwide. Local, living, spiritual body of Christ as the head, right? Colossians 1.15. He is the head over the church. So Colossians 1.15 clarifies that, but we are the body, and we're all members, and guess what? Those who live in the mountains of the Himalayas that we don't really understand culturally, and all those that live in the inner city of some place, guess what? They're our brothers and sisters if they've been regenerated, right? We believe that Christ, the two sacraments, we shared this a few weeks ago, there are two sacraments that we uphold. One is baptism, which we demonstrated a few weeks ago when 21 people came, and got baptized, that was awesome, and the Lord's Supper. Those are the two sacraments that we hold. We believe in the laying on of hands. Here's another separation. Hebrews 1, uh, Hebrews 6, chapters, uh, verses 1 and 2, Hebrews 6, 1 and 2 says, we don't have to go over the basics again, do we? About the laying on of hands and the baptisms, plural, and all the, uh, the, the regeneration and the, the, that which is coming. So we know that the laying on of hands for the releasing of the Holy Spirit to receive gifts for healing and the recognition of empowerment is ordained to lead and serve in the church. A couple of scriptures there. How about Ephesians 4.12, right? And First Timothy 4. he says, don't neglect, Timothy Paul says, don't neglect the gift that was given to you when, they laid hand, when I laid hands on you and the elders laid hands on you. So there's the laying on of hands. There's the transference of anointing. There's the impartation that takes place, right? So this is part of the laying on of hands and the, the gifts that are imparted. And then we also believe in the Apostles' Creed, the fundamentals of truth, the Christian faith that is endorsed by all of the orthodoxies. The, uh, when we look at how the scriptures were put together in the early centuries of the church. So that's pretty foundational. But if you say, well, "What do you believe?" If somebody says, what do, you, "What do you guys believe?" When they come and say, "Is this a safe place for you?" You know, we've had some strange, <laughs> strange questions come over our phone calls. <clears throat> do you really? Do you do snakes there? And we, you know, we we laugh, and that's only on Sunday nights. But if you come on Sunday morning, you're okay now. <laughs> but, but strange, you know, you see it if you go online. You'll be you'll see some churches that that's part of, you know, the handling of serpents? And so they've taken that literally, okay. Um, We've also had places where people come and say, I heard you do worship, and all you do is worship, 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 and there's no chairs in your congregation. Is that true? I said, no, we have a few chairs. Yeah, we do a lot of worship. Um, The other one was, if I come, is anybody going to speak in tongues? I said, well, I, I don't know. I mean, he goes, what? I'm a little afraid of that. I said, yeah, I was too at one time, but it'll be all right. These are, so when someone comes to you and says, well, what do you guys really believe? You can pull out, this is, our, this is doctrinally, biblically based, this is our belief system. So in a spirit-led church, you ought to be able to produce an understanding of fundamentals based on biblical scripture. This is who we are, right? Okay, <clears throat> Global River Church core values, turn to page two. Global Rivers' core values of a spirit-led life. Well, God wants to speak to us more than we want actually want to listen. (laughs) Uh, If you think about a person who's called the Word of God, he probably has a few words, right? So we know that God wants to speak to us. That's a core value, and we ought to be able to hear Him at any moment. There's an awareness, a presence awareness. What about a 24-7 awareness of the Holy Spirit? Man. God, how do we cultivate that? With all the stuff that goes on, all the stuff pulls us here and there, and, you know, we walk into places where the atmosphere is not quite conducive to Holy Spirit, and, but yet we carry it in us, and so can we then release it? In? So there's this awareness of hearing him at any moment, um, just example we're getting ready to leave the hotel in, in Pennsylvania and uh, the lady who was taking care of our rooms was coming down and, and it was a nice smiley woman but she looked troubled and the Holy Spirit I'm, you know, I'm getting my luggage I'm supposed to get packed up and get going to Baltimore and, and the Holy Spirit said are you, you going to wait and, and so I turned and I said thanks for cleaning our room and I gave her a little thank you gift and I said, and then my wife and Katie showed up, (laughs) and I I said, uh, do you need prayer for anything? And then she started to cry right there in the hallway, and we just had a God moment. And uh, for her family and situations, sickness in the family, and I said, are you a believer? She goes, I am, I am. And so I would have missed that moment. One is a there's a place of a God awareness. Can I can you tune me to be aware? Yeah, we got our busy stuff. I got I got yeah, we got all the agendas, but can we just make room? I was so blessed, you know, by thank you, God, you know, and I want to miss the moment. Anyway, so this this idea of hearing him at any moment, he's here. He just wants us to plug in. And I it it really is as simple as, what do you say, Lord? What do you say right now? Do you have anything for me to share? We don't always have to share. If you're going to be spirit-led, this is one I think I've shared in the past. But you remember when Peter and John were going over the gate beautiful after the resurrection. They're headed past the gate beautiful in the temple, and there's a man who's been crippled since birth, over 40 years. When you do the math, Jesus walked by him multiple, multiple times, and he did not stop. He left that for Peter and John, which then brought an explosion to the church and actually got Peter and John in trouble with the Pharisees, right? Because in Acts 4, what do we hear? It says, you better stop preaching about this stuff from Jesus. Says, you want us to listen to you as opposed to God? <laughs> and he and says, Lord, hear their threats and give us more boldness. And an earthquake breaks out and it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, so here they are, they're filled again. They were filled in Acts 2, and here they are again as a result of the pushback they got from laying hands on, actually, he says, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give unto you. And as soon as he raised up, his feet went straight, which caused 3,000, you can look at the numbers, over 3,000 came to Christ as a result of that miracle. But that means that Jesus did not hear from the Father, pray for this man, that's for another Kairos moment. So you, we can press in I'm going to pray for everybody. I'm praying for everybody. It may not be everybody, right? Because if you get ahead of what God's doing, right, some plant, some water, some you know harvest. So don't try to harvest when the seed hasn't even been planted yet. Amen? So we we got to get to a place where what is the Holy Spirit saying right now? What's my assignment? And that's the mature level of the believers being led. Amen? Because I've done some things that... I know I gotta pray for everybody. I gotta I gotta witness there, and we end up turning off some of the folks that we're trying to witness to because it wasn't God's moment. So this this idea that listen, we need to be in a place. What do you say, God, about this? All right, Saint, I'll give you one more example. If Jesus didn't do it, how about at uh, the pool of Bethesda, where the angel comes and stirs the water, right? And it says, the guy's there, and he says, I can't get in. Jesus says, why don't you, you know, do you want to be healed? He says, I can't get in the water. Nobody can help me in. They always get in before, and the angel stirs. So there was this process of some angelic presence there that apparently history says they got in the water quick enough, you got the healing. But Jesus says, well, would you like to be healed? <laughs> and, of course, now it causes a whole bunch of other problems, right? Who healed you? Oh, man, there's a lot of stirring goes on. So what is the point? Jesus could have healed everybody at the pool and got a whole lot of glory. but he didn't do that. Just one. So as as mature believers, we need to discern, Holy Spirit, what are you saying, right? Okay. Point number two, all things work in favor when we serve God. No matter what the circumstances look like. (laughs) I just gave you some. Looks like, God, there's an outpouring and you're doing it. How come not everybody's happy about that? They want to stone me. They wanted yeah. The core value trains us to look for and focus on God's redemptive purposes more than the problems. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. That preaches real good. But when you're in the midst of it and it's not coming together for you, <laughs> it'll test. You. In fact, I had two testimonies today. One just before where people were looking for places to live. Nothing's coming together. This is like, oh my Lord, where are you, Lord? And uh, one of our staff members too, getting, uh, people, she has to get out of her place where she's staying and nothing's happening, nothing's happened, nothing's So we just start praying, pressing in, praying, pressing in, and boom, it happens. That's that wait patiently for him to act? I don't do that well, I, and especially when, you know, things are not. So this one says, why can't you trust me when it doesn't look good? Point three, God loved us before we loved him. You cannot, I think, follow the Holy Spirit in all the risky places he's going to call you and stretch you in unless you know he loves you. Just, he really loves you. He really loves you. He just does. And we're his family. When we, can't, we can't go deeper unless we get this whole thing of our identity settled. And that's, he loves us before we even deserved anything, <laughs> never deserved anything. He says, so we focus on it more than on our lack. We trust him with unlimited source of love to everyone that we meet. God, I need you to help us with this. Help me with this. Let the church be loving 1 John four nineteen. God is love, and it was a great message from Larry Randolph at the conference um, where he was saying, this, that he's a very prophetic guy, and he said, there's this, the spirit of Peter and the spirit of John is about to be released as co-spirit laboring. Who's Peter? He's the bold one, right? He's the one who inserts the foot and mouth, right? And uh, he's the one that's building altars and all, and, and then there's John the Lover, what happens when you got bold love going together? Bold love, bold love, and so I, I just received that. I believe we're entering into a, a season where that can be accessible, right? God has plans for our welfare and blessing. That's Jeremiah 29:11. Even when you don't see it, God has a good plan for you. We are special, holy, and royal. <laughs> we do. We try to carry that one, but the core value here is the value we value others. End ourselves as precious possessions of God in a culture of honor. Again, this preaches real good, but it just grieves my heart. Yes, they did. Uh, no. Thank you, Mom. Keep me straight. I'll go back. We don't want any fear. So let me finish this one. It says, this, uh, this opportunity to bless richly and to honor Where this one, in a Spirit-led church, is when somebody has wronged you or abused you, taken advantage of you, in a culture of honor, that means you still honor even when it's not deserved. Now, again, that preaches real good. It also says you'll leave your case with the Lord. I shared this morning at our intercessory time, 1 Peter chapter 2 deals with leave your case with with the Lord. And so it's in verse 20 21, 1 Peter 2:21. He says, "Just leave the case with the Lord. You're you're going to suffer with him. Don't be surprised by the suffering." Then he goes on and he gives the, both the plan and the purpose. But one of the statements there in the New Living Translation translation is, "Why don't you leave your case with the Lord and stop trying to get revenge, retribution, rest, you know, forcing restitution?" I believe that in order for us to be a Spirit-led church, we've got to realize that we're going to get hurt, we're going to get wounded, but if we'll respond with keeping our love on, He's going to work it out. Right. He will, and we've, we can testify to that, even when we don't see what God's doing. Now back to fear. Fear is not a part of God's love, and therefore it shouldn't be part of the supernatural ministry. This trains us to respond rather than to react. Hello? Am I speaking to anybody? Intimidation of the enemy is one of the things that he, the enemy tries to use against us. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So what does that look like? If perfect love casts out fear, anything that's fear-based, anxiety, torment, lack, poverty, anxiety, whatever's at the root of that, we heard an amazing teaching by Dr. Uh, Caroline Leif, and uh, she's this brainiac <laughs> who's taught by 1,000 miles a minute. But she's, uh, she's a, a clinical doctor who is looking at how the brain functions. And what she was saying is she's looking at the biblical basis of how thought is, is, comes about. And then what happens in your brain. And you actually cause brain damage, literally, if you start living in anxious, fearful thoughts. The synapses parts of your brain start to go uh, into a place where if you stay on those negative anxious thoughts for any length of time, it's going to take about 21 days, probably 65 days, I think is what she said, in order to change those processes in your brain. So her statement is kind of three simple words was think, feel, act or respond or take action. But I believe biblically, I, you know, obviously you just got more into this. I believe biblically, we've shared this out of Hebrews. You can write this down. Hebrews 5.14, it says that the mature believers have trained their senses to discern good and evil. So for me, mostly of the time we start to feel something, right? We want fear, anxiety, and so torment, anger, joy, peace. You know, something's happening that I just like, whew, I'm feeling something, right? Well, why don't, you talk, why don't you think about that? That's where I believe the mature believers have trained their senses. Your sense starts to go off. What is it that's happening? Anger just, somebody just cut me off. I'm like, mm, right? Well, okay, so now you've got anger. Resentment It's probably rooted in pride. How dare you get in my lane, right? So at that point, take authority over what you're feeling and think about it. What is that, right? Take that thought captive, Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 10. Take every thought captive, and then what's your action on it? Why don't you bless them instead of cursing them? Right. Right? And so it, it's really it's a good methodology of if you've got something going on in the fear realm, stop. What am I feeling? Why am I anxious right now? What is it in the lack? What is it in the provision that is, is something bad's going to happen? Okay, stop. Wait a minute. Is that a legitimate thought? Is that a legitimate th- feeling? If not, then it's fear-based. And God says, expel that with love. Put some love on it. Again, this preacher's good, but we've got to act out of that. And sometimes you've got to press in. You've got to press in. You've got to press in. You've got to press in using the name of Jesus, right? Okay. All right. We're special and holy and royal, this culture of honor. First Peter says that, right? You're a royal priesthood a holy nation, that causes us to see people in excellence. Boy, what would happen if a spirit-filled church didn't look at people in the way they appear, smell, relate? What if we saw them as a royal priesthood with an unfinished work? And I know I'm preaching to myself. It's like, God, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus, to to, to walk in this place. We're to overcome and overpower anything that's set against us. This core value prevents us from thinking of ourselves as victims of a circumstance. And it frees us to look at things as creative and extravagant solutions. God, you must have an answer to this, right? If you've ever been around folks that, and and I'm not minimizing, there's abuse and there's, there's victimization. There's things that have happened. And those things are real, and we're not dismissing them. But we don't have to live there. That's the point, right? So we get to a place where I'm not a victim. I'm victorious. Now, I'm, you may have, the devil may have gut-punched you on a particular circumstance and situation, and I don't know what to do at this point. My natural nature might be, I want to go settle this another way. And the Lord said, that's not, that's not the way this works. Not if you're spirit-led. Jesus... We were kind of praying about this this morning. Jesus turned over the money changers' tables, right? Because they were thieving people. They were, they were charging too much for the offerings, and right? And he said, look, my father's house, the house, he turned the place over, upside down. This is why, what authority? My father's house will be a house of prayer. But every time they came after Jesus, he either escaped or he didn't answer. When they beat him, they spit on him, so anytime there's this place where they, someone comes against you, you have a right of defense, but there's this place where we don't have to revenge this. And that, I believe, as a spirit-led body. How do we overcome anything that's sent against us? Again, this Romans 8, 37, right? We're more than conquerors through Him. Next page. The devil is evil and behind all the bad stuff in the world. You know, it's simple theology. God is good, devil's bad, right? And so we believe that. And we also know that men have free will, men and women have free will, and there's choices involved, and free will does, there's evil. They're they're motivated by evil. But God is always good. Jesus is good and does great things. And we're called to destroy those works, not directing judgment against people. Help me, Lord, when I turn on the news. It's easy to get wound up. We know we're not wrestling against flesh and blood here. We know that John 10.10 says, I've come to give life in the fullness. We're born to rule through the power of the kingdom and the love of God. We know that all authority is given, right? Jesus doesn't, or the Father doesn't allow anyone to come in power that he didn't put there for a purpose. Now, that's wild when you start looking at some of these wicked kings and wild dictators, and what in the world is that all about? But God is in in charge of all this. We know that the kingdom, we can see that from Daniel's chapter 7. I think this is a biggie, not only knowing the love of God for us personally, but you're His friend, and He wants to share secrets with you. I want to challenge you over the next few weeks That if you're uncertain about something, maybe you're reading a scripture, or maybe it's something about work, or something about you putting something together, you just just don't know much about this. Pray, Lord, I'd like you to share with me some secrets about these things. Man, I I tried that this week on some scriptural stuff, and I was driving, you know, I had an eight-hour drive back from Baltimore, and Katie and Ginny are asleep, and I'm like, okay, Lord, and... I'm just like I'm meditating on some of the scriptures that are coming together for Palm Sunday and, and Resurrection Sunday. I said, share, share, Lord, would you share some secrets about that? What, what about that? And he said, he took me into the place where Martha and Mary at Lazarus's tomb. And that four days that was going on there, they, you know, they had a memorial service. He's already dead. He's wrapped up. He's gone, right? And Jesus didn't come. On purpose, he didn't come, right? So what's going on in Mary and Martha's mindset? They sent word, but he, what, he didn't care? What was going on? They, didn't, He didn't really care about us, or uh, where, where's, why didn't God show up? He, you know, it says, we, we know you're the resurrection on the last day. I'm the resurrection right now, he says, right? So what I would encourage you to do, I've had somebody else, I was reading one time, I think Terry might have shared this car's broken down, doesn't know what to do, doesn't know anything about engines, opens up the hood and says, what's wrong, God? What do I do now? And he tells him what to put your hand on this carburetor thing, boom, there it starts right up. Hey, we have access to the one who knows everything. He knows everything. And you're not listening, what's the, I don't know anything about vehicles. Well, you just shut that down? He knows. My papa knows everything. So... And if he doesn't fix it right then, he's got another good reason. Well, you didn't fix it right now, so you must have another reason. Yes. Right? And we'll push through sometimes and do things that we haven't asked him. So this is, he's a friend, and he wants to tell us secrets because we want, he wants us to co-reign with him. Yes. That's where, when you're walking down the street and the Lord says, do it. You stop, Lord, do you want me, what do you want me to do? What is it specifically you want me to do? I remember I was coming back from a hunting trip up by uh, Trenton, and I'm driving by, and I, you know, I've driven that hunting road with back and forth and back and forth, and there's this pink house there. It happens to be a salon, right? And i am driven by. I, get, I want you to turn around and go in there and pray for the lady who's doing the hair. I'm like, that can't be God. <laughs> and I get down about a mile down the road, and it will go away turn around, get back there. Oh, Lord, please help me. I drive in there in the pink salon, and there's two African-American ladies there and got her thing up and hairdo and all that deal. And, and I said, you know, the, uh, excuse me, I, I'm a pastor, and I was just driving by, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to bless you in this place. Oh, thank you. Now, the lady who's having the thing done in her hair, she's like, who's this white dude, and what's he doing here, right? And the uh, That was her look, and she didn't say anything. But I'll tell you what, I blessed this lady, and we had a moment, we had a time where she just received it. So, and then you get, I did it, I did what you told me to do, God, and they didn't throw me, and and you feel so good, right? It's it's like, if I had missed that moment, and there's been times when I've missed a moment like, oh, Lord, I think I didn't do that. What I'm asking you to do is ask him to share secrets of the moments to stretch you, and put you outside your comfort zone, put you in front of people that they may not receive it either. <laughs> That's happened also. Do you want prayer? No. Are you sure? Yes. You know, okay. Must not. Have, but that doesn't mean you missed it. There's still free will involved, right? Okay. This is one of my favorites. Signs and wonders follow all the believers, not just a few special ones. Amen. This is where it says in Mark 16, these signs will follow the believers. So we're carriers of the power, and therefore, we're supposed to cast out demons, lay hands on the sick, handle things that might be deadly, and not worry about it. And so, this one, I would like you to agree with me and actually intercede in prayer. I would like us to see greater moves of the sovereign signs and wonders. Okay? Come on! If we just get a few of a, you have not, because you ask not, right? If two or three of you will agree, so I would like to see an outbreak now. Signs and wonders. We're gonna, we're going I'm gonna share Sunday and, and the next Sunday about what happens when the signs and the wonders show up. There will be those that want to stone you and kill you and put you on the hit list. Okay, um, it's not always received, but if God's in it and the sign, he he just you know it's the, it's, Sil- it's Silas and and uh, and, and Paul, in prison, right? Lord, we're just sharing your word, and they beat us to a pulp, and now we're tied up in the inner prison. Hallelujah. Earthquake. Everybody's out, and the whole crowd gets saved. Even the jailer gets saved, right? So it's like, doesn't look real good. <laughs> but guess what? Amen. If it's God, he will, signs and wonders. So we, would you disagree? Would you We've had moments where I remember in a house of mercy a few years back, several years back, a lady comes in. She'd had seven surgeries. She is blind. Remember this? Neilish and Katie. You remember that one, Terry? This, this lady comes in, and we're doing house of mercy. We're going give, to give her some help and stuff, right? And she sits down, and my daughter Katie and a man named Neilish were there. And uh, she goes, yeah, I've had, I've had seven surgeries, and I'm blind. And they start praying, and God opens her eyes. She goes to her, whatever the eye doctors are called, ophthalmology, whatever, and he goes, no, no, this can't be. I've done the seven surgeries. You can't be seeing. And she is. She can see. God can do this. He is. There's this place where there's an expectancy for it. Then you operate in it and recognize it's not based on anything we do. It's based on his grace. But you got to be a conduit to release the grace. So on Sunday mornings, we, you know, we have altar calls. and I just want to see, I want more of it. I just want more of it. I want to see people healed. I want them to give God the glory. So if you all, you're here, you're the core. You're the core, and we believe in these values. It's in the book, right? And so why don't we start agreeing that God's going to do this? Whether it's at Walmart, in the park, wherever, next door neighbor. God is going to use us, little old me's, to bring this kingdom and there's this place where he just, he just likes, he's just looking for somebody to be available. So, signs and wonders ought to be following us, right? All right. He is the wonder. That's right. It's a sign to wonder at. People say, well, why do people get gold teeth? And why has the Bible got oil in it? And why is gold? T-? I don't know. It's a sign to wonder after, right? How about today? I, I read the, the, All of the newspapers were blowing up today about the black hole that they've just discovered, right? That's growing, right? And so it's like, what is this? Uh, they called it the abyss, the dark abyss. And it's like, well, I can show you a scripture about that, something about the abyss, but may not be that. I don't know. But it's a Jesus said, you're going to see strange signs in the heavens before I come back. And they're reporting it right now to us. So come on. So we have this uh, desire to see the signs that follow us. We've inherited divine nature, and we grow in the fruit of the Spirit, Hello, if you are a spirit-filled, spirit-led Christian, then we ought to be making strides for more of the fruit hanging on us. The stuff that used to annoy you, it needs to get to be less. The way we used to respond in the flesh, that, that should not be the way, right? Right? The Scriptures talk about heaping coals on your, on your enemy's head by being nice. It's like, come on. And I, we're, I'm preaching, but I, I, we need to embrace this journey of maturity. We need to grow up in the Lord. Amen? Lord, I don't want to be tested tonight on that. So, right. Jesus, hallelujah. Okay. So we, we want to become partakers of this divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's there. And we desire in this advancement that Jesus would get the glory of all this. Okay. Now, as I'm going to shift. The next couple of pages speaks about those that are part of our body, that when we go on mission trips or the ministry team that's up front, but as far as I'm concerned, you are all part of the body of Christ. When you leave here and you go through those mission doors, You are the body of Christ. You have the you have the truth and the knowledge and the responsibility to spread the word. Right? So these are core values that when we talk about ministry team values, and then the next page will be also about ministry agreements for any of those that are involved in lay ministry. And as far as I'm concerned, you're all in lay ministry. Right? Well, I don't do that. Well, what do you mean you don't do that? Are you a believer? I just read all these signs that follow them, right? You, 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 yeah, you don't. Know, that's exactly right. You don't need some card that says ordained or evangelist. You're it. You are it. All right. So when we look at this, these core values of the ministry team, when we go into strange places where the culture is different, it's dangerous, there's, you know, this, we just, we just got to be together. And we've always, this is a, this is a hallmark. When, when Leif Hetland comes, he may share this, Leif Hetland and his team, when we went to Tanzania with them a couple times, and we've been in places of ministry, run the deliverance tents for them. He goes, one of the requirements, and I'm using that word, of our global river team is we need to be the ones that carry the most water, carry the most dirtiest towels. We are the ones that can go through the darkest places without complaining. You guys have been on mission trips, right? You, You shake your head, right? We've had that feedback that we love when global river comes because they don't complain it's not about what you're going to do for me it's about how can we serve you and so if we would get that heart in our families hello in in the people we work with you're not punching a clock you're serving your 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 place of worship and your place of work they're all in one Jesus said whatever you do do for under the glory of God Amen. right hello i'm speaking to somebody right now and so And I'm speaking to myself in the past. We are to serve. Jesus wore a towel and he washed feet. Another core value. We're willing to be inconvenienced. Good God Almighty. What would happen if the church whose spirit led had this on their dossier? We're willing to be inconvenienced. That means I don't get upset when the line is around Wendy's and they're taking a long time. Brings a whole new definition to fast food, right? Hey, we're willing to be inconvenienced and have our schedule and our plans and our diet and our sleep, etc., disrupted. Hey, I can preach this one. You know, when when the phone the other night when the phone goes off at almost eleven o'clock in the evening, and I'm like, oh. And I see who it is. I'm like, huh. and I'm like, Jesus. Can I call back tomorrow? No. And thank God, I picked up the phone. It's not about you. It's not about me. Now there are boundaries. I'm, you know, we can get we can get worn out. We can again doing things that are not spirit led. There are some folks we call them psychic vampires. They'll. They will suck the life out of you, right? And, and so, but you still love on them, right? So, there are boundaries. This is not you jump any boundary you want. No, there's boundaries around families, boundaries around, but when you need to stop, and I had to, are literally, like, phones ring, like God, yes, yes, and praise God. So, what I'm saying is we're willing to have our schedules disrupted, The team attitude and the heart is as important as the message and the work. Let me say that again. How you are perceived in your attitude, and by the way, facial expressions, <laughs> body language. My wife can look at me one way. I got, that's, you don't need to say no more. I, I'm, I, I got it. All right? It's as important as whatever your message is. In fact, it may be more important. You preach Jesus, but you act like a hypocrite, or you get angry and you show your flesh, right? We're going to share on this one, but, you know, um, yeah, we're following the Spirit, following the Spirit, but then you, someone goes out, and they have too much to drink, and you blow your whole testimony. I don't believe in drinking at all. In fact, we'll talk about that in, in a little bit here. That's just me, so... Leadership has the right and the responsibility to bench any team member who demonstrates a lack of support or is not submitted to the mission or the members of the mission at hand. When you're on a mission trip, and, or you go, you're, you're just, we have a vision together on this. And if you want to show your flesh and you're not going to submit to that, then you have a, the, the leadership has the right to put you down. Stay here and you're not, you're not going out tonight. You're not part of the team. And I'll tell you, when, it's not fun when you have to exercise that, but again, it's, it's the general. And I wish I had done that at, at once in Brazil. I, anyway, I'll, I may share that at some point. Anyway, character is as important as the anointing. Honesty, morality, and loyalty. Honesty, morality, and loyalty. Character may be one of the largest disqualifying events to going deeper in the spirit-led life. We can talk about all our godly stuff, but if we're not loyal, and we're not moral, and we're not honest, now that doesn't mean, you know, we don't mess up. We do. When we mess up, we're the first ones on the, on the floor and asking for repentance and, and forgiveness for those we might have hurt. Lord knows we all have to do that. There's a reason Jesus put Matthew 18 in the book and Matthew 5. Matthew 18 says if a brother sins against you, go privately to them. Don't talk sideways and gossip and call everybody else and get them on your, your team so that you can, yes, you're right. Oh, what a what terrible thing that happened. No, no, it doesn't say that. And then Matthew 5 says if you think someone has an offense with you, go to them privately before. So there's, the bookends of that are part of A team member who is walking in a spirit-led life. And honestly, depending on how you've been hurt or wounded, you will justify the hurt. When you're really deeply wounded by the wounds of a friend or family member that just cuts you deep, or is so such a violent thing that's occurred, it'll cut you deep. And it's gonna take you some time to get through all that, right? But once you've gotten through that and you've gotten the Holy Spirit leading on that, 1 Peter 2, you can leave your case with God. Now, you may need to go to that person, you hurt me, you wounded me. That wasn't, and, and you'll find out in that exchange privately, you'll find out that you may have been part of the problem or the person may admit to it and, and say they're sorry. But most of the time, over 90% of the time, my experience with this overdoing it is both parties move in a direction Whereas if you shut your mouth and just, or run it off on a, and never deal with the situation, <clears throat> or one sits on that side of the church, another one sits on that side of the church, what does that do to the anointing? <clears throat> You're out of order. And so we need to really be able, and, and again, this preach is real good. It's the actuality of this that takes some work in the spirit to get us to get to that place. Advancing the kingdom has risk. We used to spell faith, R-I-S-K, right? Righteousness is a weapon, and tithing is a promise of the Lord's protection. Therefore, I tithe, and I keep short accounts with the Lord, <clears throat> with the Lord and others. <coughs> the reason I, you know, there's no surprise here, um, when you start talking about tithing, and we, we will do this at some point, when you start talking about tithing, the ones who are tithers say Amen. And the ones that are not tithing go, oh my, right? And you, you probably know my story. I, I, I've been tithing now close to 35 years, and the Lord has never, not ever provided for us and protected us in some really, really horrible things, even when there's still some I don't have answers to. Amen. But He's good. And so, that righteousness and the promise of Malachi said He would rebuke the devourer for our sake and pour out a blessing that we can't contain. Um, if you're going to be a Spirit-led believer, you can't cherry-pick the book. I like that one. I don't like that one. That can't be for me. And so, it is either the Word, and you're going to base it on the foundation, or it's not. And so, hello. And so, we're not going to Chocolate coat that thing. It is what it is. We believe, Jesus said it twice in the New Testament, in Luke's Gospel and in Matthew 23 23 you should tithe, yes, but that's fundamental. So I believe in tithing and I believe it's a promise. And I even remind God when that, Lord, (laughs) I feel like we're being attacked right now. You said you'd protect us. We desire to see the Lord get the glory much more than self. I don't know about you, but when you see someone who's so talented, and you say, wow, really, that's awesome, I I can't do that. Well, guess what? You have gifts that they don't have. Find out what they are. Because if the Lord calls us to that, he's going to get the glory. Right? So it's all for him. It's really, and you got to check yourself. If we're going to be a spirit-led church, we celebrate others being promoted, or being their gifts being actuated, we celebrate it. And we'd be lying if we said, well, "Wow, that person's really talented." And I wish, I wish I had that talent. I can't sing or like. you're like, "That's not your gift, maybe." So celebrate your body of believers. Celebrate when you when I see young folks in the ministry that are coming up and they're like, "I'm right now. I'm just celebrating Pastor Mike and Amber." You know. Seven years we've invested in them, and God, what, what if He, what if He does lead more than a 200,000 to the Lord? Yeah, come on. As opposed, you know, so, so we got to celebrate. We got to platform people. We got to get excited when your children, your grandchildren start doing things like, holy man, I can't do that. That's amazing. You get like, woo, do more, right? As opposed to, oh, I wish I could do that. Come on. All right. If we're going to be a spirit-led church, we got to celebrate the family, wherever the victories are happening. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> so we thank the Lord. Okay, turn the page. Global River Church is a kingdom-building church. We support other ministries, cities, states, nations. It's our DNA. So when someone comes to me and says, <clears throat> we want to go here in the city and do this, whether it's Street Angels or Lifeline Pregnancy or the Christian radio station or On and on it goes, or Global Awakening, or Global Legacy, or Nepal, or Mozambique, or uh, Colombia, Bogota, Colombia, and it's like, Lord, we pray about it. We go to the elders and said, it's your money. Where do you want your money to go? And so we are that kind of a folks that, hey, in a spirit-led church, and I believe, I had somebody tell me this weekend at another church, when we stopped giving 10% to missions, our church started to die. <clears throat> and so, we, I love our elders. We make sure we're, we're over 10%. Every, whatever comes in, 10% of whatever comes in from, any, it needs to go to places the Lord is leading us to go. We just opened a, a new ministry. You know, Deanna and, and, and Nico, <clears throat> our children's leaders. Well, years ago, quick story here, years ago, Deanna, When she was very young in Bogota, Colombia, she had this desire to help the street kids in a really poor place in Bogota, so they just started doing it. She raised up ministry leaders. It's called uh, colorful flowers. No, help me. Coloring wings. I was close. Coloring wings. I don't know how you say it in Spanish, but, and at that point, that has been ongoing and they take care of seventy poor kid, children in some of the most difficult places in Bogota, and she's been doing that ever since. And she went to her pastor in in Colombia, in Bogota, and said, "I would love you to help me and embrace it." He goes, that's not our call. You need to find a church that embraces that call. She's like, "Oh, well." Then Nico comes into her life. They were, she loved him back when she was twelve. He didn't know about that yet. And God connects it. They get married. Pastor Willie and Nilsa go there, do the wedding, right? They come here. She gets her green card, gets citizen, you know, working on that, married. And now she's in ministry. And she says, she tells us about the ministry to the poor children in the favelas. I said, oh. She presented that to her over the house one night. She shows us that. I'm like, oh, you need to bring that to the board. And so, because we had turned over the ministry in, in India Released that, said, so, so where's your next place? So the board just voted our last board meeting to start supporting these push. So the rent of the house, the coloring and the gifts and all the feeding of the people, that's now started. And we may be going on a mission trip to Bogota next spring. Because one of the things she took her outreach team from Bogota up into the area, there's this location in the Amazon where Peru. Uh, Colombia and Brazil all come together. Apparently, you can visit in like a day. You can visit three countries. Right? And they went there, and she said the outreach just reminded me of a young Heidi Baker. The outreach that thing—they saw people getting healed, eyes, you know, blind, all of that stuff. Miracles were happening to this team that knows very little, except God's with them, right? And so I said, "Well, hey, we're down for that. We'll pray on it. It's got to be God's word. It's got to be t- His timing and His strategy." but we'll pray. So let's start by supporting the poor and the broken. And so God is doing that. So that's, that's our DNA. And if you want to get some of the blessing from all that, just be part of it, right? Just come and that's our heart. Flexibility, humility, and willing hearts. That's the highway we ride on. <laughs> humility. What does that look like? Hmm. Flexibility. What does that look like? Wow, I'm just going to leave that right there, okay, I'll let you answer that for yourself. Uh, we will have fun and be joyful, enjoy the ride, enjoy the moments. Uh, we have our GRC family and those the Lord has trusted us to serve at this time. You're going to get stretched, I think this was the word, right? We were at uh, Northwood Church and uh, Blake Healy was there a few weeks ago and the word is like it was a rubber band, you're going to get stretched. Are you feeling stretched at all? If you're not, if you're not, then you're probably not stepping into the place God has for you. There's always stretch. I mean, there's seasons of rest. I get it. But there's a place you can't rest all your life. Hello? So there's this stretching like, Lord, I'm outside my comfort zone. I don't know what I'm doing. Hallelujah. Mm. That's a great opportunity for him to operate. And we're thankful for every kingdom advance. And then the other thing is you need to be culturally sensitive hygiene, appearance, sensitivity to the culture. When you go into another country or another place or another, you need to be sensitive to the culture that you're in. You know, I don't know if you heard this, but Americans get a bad rap. You know, it's like it's all about us. We go there with the loudest, with the most demanding in nation. That should not be, right? We need to be uh, culturally relevant and yet uh, without compromise. We need sensitivity, but be, without compromise, and then that'll help remove all the barriers. Let me just spend a moment here. Um, what does that look like? It's great in the theory, but what does this look like? Um, I believe when you apply these, you, you know that, you know, we support a halfway house. We, we support prayer ministry. We believe people that are stuck in, in a particular difficulty or brokenness, we're to, we're to be the hands and feet that help them out of that, right? We help people get pulled out of the ditch the best we can. We realize there's free will in that. But we need to be part of the solution to that, right? If it's demonic, we need to go after it. If it's c- coming alongside, so that's part of our ministry, right? So what does that look like? How does that boil down? Let me give you an example that happened a few years ago. Um, we were, there was a small group ministry that was being, was, some of our folks were doing a, a house ministry. And in that house ministry, persons came and all the alcohol was out and available in this small group. Now, I didn't know about it. We didn't have any policy, you know. There wasn't any executive order, (laughs) put it in terms of Trump. There wasn't an executive order on that, but I'll give you a scripture on it. How about this? How can you be um, a person that helps people out of their mess and you might have somebody that comes from a halfway house or struggling with addiction or whatever, and you then go to a small group thinking you're going to receive the Lord, and all of a sudden, here's the temptation sitting in front of you, right? So when I heard that, I said, no, oh, no. So I put out a, a blurb, attention all leaders. There'll be no alcohol, no raunchy secular music, no movies, and God, I don't think I put drugs in weed or anything, but, but hey, I think that was understood, when, when you open your house, it says, no matter where you are, one, 1 Corinthians 5, 11 and 1 Corinthians 8, do not become a stumbling block. Paul says, I won't eat meat for the rest of my life if it means that you're going to be feeling that I'm no longer in spiritual connection with you if I eat meat. I'll, I'll be a vegetarian the rest of my life. Lord, I don't want to do that. But anyway, um, but what he's saying is, don't become a stumbling block. If you become a stumbling block to cause somebody else to stumble, guess what? You own part of that for them. And so I just put out the executive order. and Man, you would have, good Lord, in the morning, that opened up a whole bunch of spiritual stuff about, you know, religious and control. And, and guess what? Most of those people, if not all of them, are not here anymore. This is not about winking about things. And scripturally, I'm willing to take the hit. Because why? Because it's just not Right? Right? So I don't drink. I, in fact, I'm not trying to be religious. It's not religious. If you talk to the Lord about that, but I'm telling you right now, if there's a place where this, is, there's no good things that come out of that. I'm just telling you right now. When I, when I end up ministering to people, they'll tell me just one drink, and guess what? I lose all my inhibitions. I'm down this road. Okay, I, we can get on it. I know people can argue with me, well, there was you know, a little drink for your stomach, Timothy. You know. Hey, you go to the Lord on this. But as far as a ministry, a spirit-led ministry, we need to be in a righteous place that doesn't cause others to fall. It needs to be a safe place. There must be men and women of honor in this day. That means the women need to be protected and the children need to be protected. We need to operate in such a way that it's safe. And that's what a, a spirit-led organization, it's a safe place. You can bring your children, your family, or those that are struggling, and we'll do our best to help you. You're going to have to walk it out with you. It is a tough road. I get it. But we need to be an example. Well, that's that's where you know we put a little meat on the core values of what we're talking about. Now there'll be those. Well, what about this path? What about no? I. You have to be convicted. But if you're going to be a leader, you're not going to take people out and drink. Not in this house. Okay? All right. All right. Moving right along. Turn the page. Ministry agreement. If you're into any form of leadership in ministry, I would love if you, you know, that you, first of all, I would assume all of you are in volunteer somewhere, that you're volunteering somewhere. If you're in a season of, of getting well, and think, that's fine. Take that season, get well. Um, but if you are in a place where I need to be serving in my gifts, then there's a number of agreements in the ministry, if you're going to be in your own lay ministry or you're going to be part of ours, these are what I will call, we agree to walk together in these, and they're fundamental. So, at the top of that page in the ministry agreement, so the following agreement is necessary to clearly communicate expectations from the Global River Church Board and the pastoral leadership for lay ministry and for leaders. The points below will be individually discussed with your ministry leader at your interview. Please read them carefully and initial each statement and finish with your full signature. Seeking first the kingdom, Matthew 6, I commit to serve the Lord. This is not a part-time role. We're, we're in the kingdom fight. We are the soldiers, right? We are it. So we're, we're committed to, to serving and seeking Him. Spirit filling and leading. I commit to live a relational connection with the Lord including regular worship. Hello? Oh, I attend. It just cracks me up when people say, you know, I attend Global River. And they ask for reverence, and they they might attend once a year. I don't even know who they are. They tell, oh, yeah, I go to Global River. You do? Wow. That's awesome. Um, How often? I'm not trying to be mean, but it's like if you are really part of a family, um, you need to be part of the family, right? Somebody's got to put the trash out. Take care of the business, pay the bills, turn on the lights, turn on the, you know, hey. So there's a spirit, we need to be re- regular in prayer, in time. We need to be in the secret place. You need to cultivate the presence and bring that here on Sundays and Wednesdays. And I know I'm preaching to, to the choir. You guys are here. How about honoring authority? We submit to the vision of Global River. I agree with the vision, the values, the statement of faith that just I read to you. Spiritual covering. I'll walk under my spiritual covering in the church in that relationship with others. That means I tithe regularly, and I make it a priority to attend services on Sunday and Wednesday along with the special events. I'm just going to be honest with you. When you know, we're, we're going to have Leif Hetland and Jack Taylor here, and, and uh, when we do these kind of things and half the body doesn't show up, it just really breaks my heart. It really does. That... Wow, if God really, if the elders and the board, and them, the apostolic leaders, like Jack Terrell, they've heard to come here, and your board is laying out the honorariums and the, the timing and all the volunteerism and the sacrifice that's made, and then we just can't get here. Then, then we miss that opportunity in the flow. And so, again, it sounds like, you know, control or manipulation. I'm not trying to, it's like, no, if you're really part, then you're really part. Right? Uh, people come up to me and said, I've had many come and so they're joining the church. Um, do, uh, do I need to have a letter, a sign? I said, you show me in here where it says there's a letter to any church. Show me it. No, it's by fellowship of your time, your sweat, your energy, your tithes. That makes you part of the body. So I said, Amen. so you're part of Global River? Welcome. Amen. Right? Amen. Then, and plug in. Go, be involved in the ministry and the training and the equipping. And so that's, if you're in a ministry agreement, you agree to be part of, of, of who we are, right? So that means, hello, um, be prepared and get here on time. I commit to regularly seek the Lord for wisdom, direction, strength, and serving the ministry. I commit to serve. I arrive on time filled up in the spirit, prepared to serve. That's excellence, right? It's like if you're, a, if you're, you're helping out with the children's ministry or the, it's like you're there, right? The worship team is there practicing on Thursday nights. You're there. Yeah. Right? Amen? If we apply the same rules to work, that, uh, you know, be a lot of changes. But anyway, okay. Um, so, lifestyle. I commit to live above reproach set apart in a lifestyle of repentance, grace, forgiveness, and purity. And I commit to avoid evil and the appearance of it Now, that's a daily walk, right? Take up your cross daily and follow me. Nail the passions and desires every day to the cross. That's a day. But sometimes we've had people that said, you know, I've messed up. I need to come. They talk to their leader, and they step down for a season. So, again, that's up to the person that's in the agreement. If you're not in a good place to minister, don't minister. In fact, you may get set up for the devil to really whack you. Accountability. I'll be in accountable relationships. I have spiritually. If I've fallen in a particular area, I seek for openness. A spirit-led church means that people are not afraid to share with the right people their issues. If we're supposed to look all smiley and think we're all holy and thou and you're not, and there's no safe place for you to go and say, "Look, I'm really in a mess and struggling," and that's why we have prayer ministry. That's why we have ministry team. That's why we have altar calls. Because it needs to be a place. It's safe, and that means that somebody can talk to you without you opening your mouth and sharing it in the wrong place. And so so this has to be part of a Spirit-filled walk. We're accountable, but we also are graceful. Prayer ministry, you know that that's something that James 4 and 5 speaks of. If any suffering among you, let them call for the elders of the church. When two or three of you gather in my name... He's there in the midst of this, right? He says, confessing your faults one to another that you might be sozoed, healed, saved, and delivered. That's prayer ministry in 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 an essence. We've already dealt with dealing with the offense, Matthew 18. Rising to greatness, I commit to take spirit-empowered risks. Hmm, what does that look like? Can I maybe impose on you one thing? Over the next three weeks in this stretch, while you're going to the store, whatever, I would like you to ask the Holy Spirit to invade you at one moment and ask you to do something that you're not always comfortable doing. Now, it needs to be safe, but it could be a witness. It could be like, I need to stop and talk to that person. It's kind of, it's the hairdresser turnaround deal, right? Ask the Holy Spirit to show you, and you do it in humility, you do it as you would do it with the love of God, and it could be, <clears throat> example, paying for somebody's gas or groceries or praying, you know what I mean, right? Ask the Lord to do something with you <clears throat> so that you can rise to greatness and give Him the glory. <clears throat> All right, the next page is really, that, that would be the time where you, you're sitting down with your, your leader and you're talking about that paragraph says, I want to make the choice to serve in lay ministry at the Global River Church, and I understand the expectations and required of the position. In signing the agreement, I commit to meet these expectations to the best of my ability. If I fail to meet them, I commit to talk with pastoral leadership immediately, and I understand that failure to walk in these expectations may result in my removal from lay ministry or or leadership. So, I want us to Think through these things. If there's a point where you say, look, I think there's a gap <clears throat> where I'm walking at that point here. You ask the Holy Spirit about it. What would you have me do to close that gap? All right. I guess it's uh, time. Would you take the, uh, the next... Um, I would like you to take the next two pages, pages 8 and 9, and... I would like you, we'll take some time next week, would you expound on, from your perspective, what those five points there on the focus and the mission, exalting God's presence, gathering God's family, would you expound on I'd like to take some input next week. What does that look like when you have done that, when you've expounded in that area? Let's take the case where... um, You've been the ministry number four. You've been releasing God's love in ministry. So you become the hospital to the wounded person. When you have done that, give me a testimony of one of those five points that are there. When that was done, what happened and what was the result? I can think of one right now. Flags, kind of a thing that Pat did. So that's an example where... Pat said, you know, I think I'm supposed to buy these flags, and I want to encourage the kids. Guess what's been happening over Sunday morning? You see what's going on? We have both Spanish and, and these children, my, my grandson in particular, right? All of a sudden, flags, flags are just popping out, right? Each week. And so, that's an example where it, somebody says, you know, I really feel like that would be something. What, what do you think, Pastor? And Yeah, Right? And now you got all these kids. What's, is it, is it faith? Who's, who's Bishop's little daughter? Faith. faith. Faith's something. She is so anointed, yes. right? And so, Mike, I would like you to take one of these areas of our mission and where you have personally, and maybe you're going to do it this week, but you have personally stepped in and what happened. Because I think if we put some meat on these nice fancy words, and they become the, the, the ground that we actually, our spirit led in, and we stretch in it, God's going to show up. If you'll notice, what I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to take this and spread it. Spread it out there, right? And so, okay, sir. There you go. There's another example, both for the, for the children and Spanish. The Lord committed, he told them, buy these things, right? And so, what's going to happen? Say, like, wow, what is going to happen with that? So, what I'd like you to do is make it relevant. Because once, we get, once you get on the mission and the focus together, you're like, yeah, that's, the expect, that's who we are. That's what this family does. We do that kind of stuff, right? All right, let's stand, and thank you for being so patient, and we'll uh, dive into this. We'll, we'll finish some of the foundational stuff next week, and then we're going to dive into how we hear God. Lord, thank you. I thank you, I thank you, thank you for these that have come. Lord, I pray. <clears throat> I pray for dreams, visions, revelation, and words. Lord, I pray for a an invasion of their time with you. Just this understanding, This these, these moments where you're like, we're not alone here. I'm not alone here. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, you... As they climb into bed tonight, they're thinking about their day, thinking about th- they're, they're jettisoning all the, the stuff that needs to get off. But at the same, they're like, "God, I'm so glad I'm yours. I'm so glad you love me. I'm so glad you got a plan for me." God, I pray for an increase, an increase in the signs and wonders, Lord. As we look at the next two weeks of Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday, this is the spiritual highlight. Uh, uh, To me, it's even greater than the the Christmas season. This is is how it all, the enemy would lost all of his territory. So we're in this season where God is going to show up, and I'm asking you to do it tangibly. We'll see people come to salvation, healing, and deliverance. And God, we want to be positioned to be part of that outpouring. And I thank you in advance now, in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you all for being here.